find me Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town Like a cancer that's silently spreading There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down We must each man Welcome, Patriots and Freedom Fighters, broadcasting from my home studio in downtown Belfont, Pennsylvania, worldwide as National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and anywhere else you happen to see or see the show, hear or see the show. <laughs> I'm Peter Serafine. I'm your host for this next two hours of common sense and constitutional discussion tonight. The bottom of this first hour at 6.30 Eastern Time, if you're watching or listening live, I got Colonel Mike Ford, retired Colonel Mike Ford, the managing editor of American Free News Network. He's going to stay with us for about an hour. So you've got me for the first half hour and the last half hour, and Colonel Ford and I together for the hour in the middle. I'm going to start with something from last week. I had announced that I'm doing book giveaways. I'm going to give away copies of my books, including my newest one, A More Tyrannical King. And thus far, there are only eight of you out there listening who submitted to to, uh, win that free copy. So I'm going to wait until the last segment of the show before I pick a name, draw a number, whatever, and uh, decide who to give books to. So if you want your chance, and chances are pretty good at this point. I plan to give away one copy of each of the three tonight in the last segment. So I got three books to give away and only eight names in the giveaway list. So if you'd like to join that list, if you want to be considered to win one of the a free copy of one of my books, go to liberty-lighthouse.com. Big button right across the top of the homepage there that says... Uh, I forget what it says, but it's entering to win a free book. Win free books. So you've got an hour, hour and a half-ish, liberty-lighthouse.com. Put your name in the hat. And then at some point in the last half hour, I will uh, have somebody pick a number, and we'll just count down the list and give that person books. All right? That's my plan so far. I have to say, I'm not terribly prepared for tonight. And that's because, uh, well, I've taken a few days off work. I haven't had, haven't been to work in three days now, today being the third day. And work is when I'm usually driving around, listening to new shows and, and uh, listening to podcasts and listening to what's going on in the world. And when I'm not at work, I kind of disconnect. I don't pay attention to what's going on, especially in politics. So I don't have a whole lot going on. What I have been doing for the last three days, though, is... I've decided to embrace the political system at the local level by petitioning my local borough council. I have a dog. I've had a dog for about three months now. Cute little, I think it's a Border Collie Pomeranian mix, maybe a Border Collie Spaniel. He looks like a Border Collie, a little smaller, a little cuter. He's timid. i got a yard. He can run around in the yard. But he's timid around other animals. So I want him to have an opportunity to uh, socialize with other dogs. But there are no leash-free or off-leash dog parks in my town. There's not really a whole lot of socialization between animals here. 
so I thought it'd be a good idea. There is one about 10 miles away in another town, and every time I drive all the way over there, I meet people from my town. Seems odd that we don't have one here. So I started a petition and made a website and a, and a uh, GoFundMe page and, and a Facebook page and all this stuff. Try to get signatures on a, position, a petition to present to Borough Council next month to have them create a leash-free or an off-leash dog park in town. Now, this is you know supposed to be how you get things done. You organize, you gather support for your cause, and you present it to your local government. And they say, you know, it works a lot better at the local level than it does at the federal level. And why do you think that is? Because at the federal level, we can organize and gather. We have, you know, the Million Man March and have hundreds of thousands and millions of people march on Washington, D.C. And by and large, Washington just ignores us. Look at all of the surveys out there, like 85, 90% of people think term limits are a good idea or a balanced budget. Both of those things often poll in the high 80 and 90% range. Yet, Washington, D.C. has to my knowledge, never taken either one of them very seriously. And why would they? Both of those things would limit their power, their control. And if we leave it up to them, why would they? We have to give them no choice. We have to make it perfectly clear that they won't be there to do that elected job anymore. If they don't give us what we want, when the when it's that high of a percentage of people that want said thing. Anyway, this is a live call-in show. So if you've got questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, any of the above things, feel free to call in at 512-248-8252. Or if you would prefer, you can text me. If you don't want to have your voice on the radio but you still have a comment to make, you can text that to me at 646-974-4487. That's 64 my rights to text me, 512-248-8252 to call into the show. And thanks to Steve, who just filled out the form to try to win a book a little later this evening. <clears throat> oh, pardon me. So there was, I believe it was a Princeton study Quite a while ago now, they've got a great video. I should uh, try to look for it during one of these breaks. Princeton has this, did this study, and they did a great video showing that, you know, in a de representative democracy, you would think that the higher the public support of whatever the cause might be, that the, the likelihood of that thing becoming law would go up in proportion with public support. But it doesn't. It, the likelihood of any bill presented in Congress becoming law is, I don't know, we'll say 2%. Regardless of how public support is, whether it's 20% public support or 90% public support, the likelihood of the law, the bill becoming law, is about 2%. But when big money lobby groups get involved then the likelihood starts to change and starts to move. 
So if we want to affect change in our federal government, we want to affect change without invoking the right to abolish our government given to us in our Declaration of Independence. If we want to evoke change peacefully using the system, well, the way the system is set up now, the only way you can do that is by gathering large amounts of people together and large bank accounts. There's something wrong with that. That's just not quite right. How do we fix it? Do we create a lobby group? Do we create a get-back-to-the-constitution-the-way-it-was-written lobby group? How many people even would support that idea of going all the way back and limiting our federal government's power that, that dramatically compared to what it is today? How many people do you think would support that? And how much money would those people have to give to create well, a bank account big enough to actually sway government. I do say that, you know, COVID, the Wuhan flu pandemic, the scandemic, the whatever you want to call that thing that went on for a couple of years there, it woke up quite a few people. There's a lot more people paying attention to politics than I've seen in, well, in my life. There's a lot more people that are just outright upset with what's going on in our world. Now, my awakening, me getting involved in politics, me feeling that something was wrong, started just before the scandemic, a couple of years before. But I put out that first book, and several people I know read it during the COVID lockdowns and stuff, and they said, wow, did, did you write this before? Yeah, I did. That woke up a lot of people. I've seen a lot more, shall we say, right-leaning activism since the pandemic, since the scandemic. A lot more people that seem to honestly be thirsty for the knowledge of what government is supposed to do and what it's how it's supposed to behave. So how do we... How do we coalesce into a block that will get listened to? See, I look out in the political world now, and, you know, we've got these two big blocks, the Democrats and the Republicans, and then everybody else is kind of scattered in the winds. Nobody, nobody really has enough power to affect change, except maybe the Democrats and Republicans, but the Democrats and the Republicans are... You know, two wings of the same bird, two op- two sides of the same coin, however you want to say it. They work together more often than they work apart. They argue and they lie out loud on minutia that doesn't really matter. But on the big things like, oh, I don't know, $33 trillion national debt, they work together. Grand Thursday evening to you, my leprechaun friend in Kentucky. Thanks for watching over there in the Twitch chat room. Thank you very much for that. The one thing I can say is, you know, we had the Tea Party movement, right? The Tea Party movement came around, and they, and then they just kind of fizzled out. But if you look, they actually 
managed to affect a little bit of change. They made a bunch of noise, and a couple of minor things changed, and then they fizzled out. Some of them got absorbed back into the Republican Party. And the same sort of thing happened with the Democrats and the Socialist Party. Anybody seen anything from the American Socialist Party lately? The difference was that it seems to me, as an outsider looking in, the Socialist Party, well, they were affecting change within the Democrats and getting them to lean closer to socialism. But instead of fizzling away, the, the Socialist Party seems to just have been absorbed into the Democrat Party. My point here is that these third-party groups, whether they're official political parties or whether they're just organizations or groups of people, they can affect change on a small level. But none of them have gotten big enough to really take change. Now, the so-called MAGA movement that Trump lit a fire under, I can't say that he created it but he brought it up into the light. The MAGA movement has an opportunity right now to do kind of like the Socialist Party did to the Democrats and just take it over. Now, I like the idea of make America great again. I think that's a great slogan. It's a great concept. I don't know that all of the people that I don't know that a majority of the people that have wrapped themselves in the MAGA movement know what that really means. They all, there's so many of them that are just blindly following and supporting Donald John Trump. I don't think blindly following anybody is the right thing to do. We have documents that tell us what our federal government is supposed to look like, how it's supposed to behave, what it can do, and what it can't do. That's what we need to be focused on. That's what we need to wrap ourselves in, in whatever this movement is, whether it's the Magna movement or whether we create some other movement. Have you ever noticed, have you ever seen keep wanting to buy one, but they're so freaking expensive, I haven't done it yet. We've, we've all seen a pocket constitution, right? Like my little leather-bound one here that I bought at Barnes & Noble. It's the constitution and the amendments and the declaration, and it's like 110 pages long. But that's not the constitution that our government goes by anymore. The anoded version of the constitution is what our federal government goes by. They follow that one. But that one is, it's not a pocket size, it's a full size, like textbook. That's eight, nine hundred thousand pages long. It has all of the Supreme Court interpretations wrapped into it. And they call that part of the Constitution. And it's not. It's an opinion. It's the opinion of a handful of people about one particular case. But it's treated like it's law. And it shouldn't be. 
Tom in Florida, line one. Welcome to the show, Tom. Tom in Florida. Yeah, can you hear me on? I hear you. Yes, sir. How are you doing today? Uh, Fantastic. How are you? you Yeah, good. You were talking about the the border and all that. I was wondering, all these uh, 6 million, uh, almost 7 million illegals, are none of them taking COVID shots when they're at the border? As uh, far as I know, uh, no. Border Patrol gives... I mean, they're not giving these illegals off border shots, um, but they're uh, you know to bring them in here by the millions. It's costing American taxpayers almost eighty four thousand dollars a piece to house these illegals, and that's not counting if they go to uh, community college. That's the, I mean, imagine the money that they're spending for each illegal alien to come here. This is absurdity. Joe Biden's committed total dereliction to the Constitution. He should be arrested right away. He's allowed murder. He's fentanyl. He's allowed people to get murdered by angel mothers and fathers. If one is one too many, Biden has committed total dereliction as a, as a, as a commander-in-chief, the president of the United States. This guy should be quartered for what he's done. He's a, he's a disgrace. But here, Peter, I want to talk what's going on here in Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis is telling every one of these Venezuelans, if you're here illegally, you're going out of here. Well, these Venezuelans think they should have the special privilege that a Cuban has which was called the wet foot, dry foot. And if you I remember, remember that. Obama got rid of that. Obama got rid of that. So now these Venezuelans who've allowed their country to turn into a socialism, uh, socialist nightmare, they want to stay in Florida here. They don't want to go really anywhere else too much except Florida. Well, DeSantis says, no, no, no. You come here illegally, you're going to go up to New York, you're going to go to uh, uh, Chicago, or you're going to go out to California or Mexico, mm-hmm. whatever, how you like to prefer it. Now, there's Mexico. a big problem here in the Venezuela community because the ones that are coming here illegally that are not following the law, they don't know, they don't know they're in a uh, catch-22. They're going to be deported out of Florida. Santa's made that perfectly clear today. You come here illegally in this state, you're going out of this state. And that's what I like, the leadership I like out of that. Now, however... Wait, the, hold on before you move on. Go ahead, Before you move on, let me let me tell you what my opinion about how we should handle this 9, 12, 25, whatever million illegal immigrants in our country. Number one. Maybe 50. Yeah, maybe 50. Who knows? Um, every illegal immigrant should be cut off from all benefits. There is no reason right. for U.S. tax dollars to be paying for an illegal immigrant. They should not be allowed to work. We should. I, I've said for a long time that they that the federal government needs to make the uh, oh, what's it called the the online the i the uh, i nine you know I'm allowed to work in this country thing e verify. They have an online version of the the i nine immigration naturalization form number nine called e verify. And if if you as an employer use the E-Verify system, then, okay, we won't hold you accountable if you happen to hire an illegal immigrant because you were using the tools given to you. But yeah. any illegal immigrant who's caught working that didn't go through the I-9 system, well, they get cut off, and the employer gets fined or jailed or whatever. Like, there needs to be a punishment for an employer who knowingly hires an illegal immigrant. I don't want to say... You, but listen. I don't want to say go around and round them all up and deport them because that's going to take a crap ton of money and a whole bunch of resources. However, if they so much as get a jaywalking ticket, they should be deported. But that's well, my Peter, thought. Go on. 
Well, I, I like your thought. I, I think it's a great thought, but I have to say this. I, I, I would have to go further than you. I would do the Eisenhower plan. You come here illegally, you're going back to your country of origin. Nope. Oh, yeah, well, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. With those, you stop them at the border, and, and that's what happens. They go back. But the ones that have already been let in, it would cost way too much money to try to round them all up. Well, so, I, I have to kind of disagree on that, Peter, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this perfectly clear to you. From what I read today on Breitbart Newsmax, it's costing American taxpayers of this country $184 billion a year for all these illegals that are here currently since 2010. And yeah. if Donald Trump is right, what he's saying, okay, that's $184 billion. So $184 billion, I can believe, could deport every one of them out of here. Well, no question oh, that. Yeah. It might take three years to do it, but you could do it. Eisenhower did it from 1954 to 1957. He did it. He got, um, I think it was almost $2 million out. Now, this is a lot bigger uh, uh, operation, but it ain't Operation Wetback. This is Operation on Steroids Wetback. And you're going to have to probably spend probably close to $50 billion to get them all out of here. And the other money that you would be uh, saving, you send to those countries and you start building infrastructure in their countries and you make their countries more livable for them. And you, you know what? I got to tell you this, Peter, and you might agree with this. I think all those countries that these illegals are coming from, they may ought to make their official language of those countries English. I'm talking <laughs> Guatemala, El Salvador, New Panama. Every one of those countries should make their official language, not Spanish, but English. And it would be a lot better for them, yeah. for their, for their uh, e- economy and for everything. They need to they adopt the English language as the, the official language of Latin America. That's my yeah, well, I, now. I definitely say step number one is cut off all benefits. Stop giving U.S. Yes. tax dollars to any illegal immigrant. They're here illegally. That is a crime. Why are we giving them more benefits than you're giving somebody who's on Social Security? Absolutely, Peter. Absolutely. I totally 100% agree with that. Now, again, I just say we, uh, Donald Trump, I just heard Donald Trump just now, like 30 minutes ago, say once the first day he's in office, He's in on that, the biggest operation of deportation this country's ever saw, which he's talking about deporting over 25 million illegals out of the country. That was out of his mouth. You can look it up. Good. Donald Trump. It's, if it's right, 25 we, million people to be deported, that's what he's going to do. We've got less than two minutes to the break. Did you see that, the feder- that a federal judge has again declared the DACA deferred action for children of whatever um, uh, unconstitutional? Yes, Peter. I brought up the, I brought that up on the show two weeks ago. Uh, uh, the first day it happened, I'm the one that called RBN. Mike oh, that was you. knows the. I'm the one that brought that up to, to everybody during that the first day that the federal judge ruled on the second time that it was unconstitutional. DACA, DACA's caca, and they all they need to go back to their country origin. I'm sorry about if there are kids. Hey, listen, their family came here illegally. You're already uh, you're already a felon. So how can you? Their parents are felons. I don't say the kids are, but how can you want to be in a country like that? Right. Now, I feel bad for the kids. I feel really bad for them. So, honest to God, they came here because the parents bro- broke federal law. They didn't yep. do it. But, you know, however, there's consequences for every reaction. For every action, there's a reaction. And, you know, that reaction is, hey, you, you're, you're, you, that's what the judge ruled. The judge ruled it unconstitutional. So we'll have to see how it's going to play out with Congress. They'll, they'll eventually make the decision with DACA. But I don't, I don't believe if they do become, you know, pathway to citizenship, these dreamer kids, I have a dream. Like, they have a dream. I have a dream. In my country, I'm back in 1972. 
Yeah, well, I have a dream not paying half of my money out in taxes every year. Hey, Tom, got to cut you short, cut, cut you off. It is just about break it, time. Peter. Thanks for your call. Yes, uh, a, uh, congratulations to Jeffrey, and thank you for filling out the form to win a copy of a book. Do that at liberty-lighthouse.com. Win a book form right on the homepage there. Giving out three copies of books tonight in the last segment of the show. Get your name in the bucket, in the hat, whatever you want to do, just as quick as you can. Liberty-lighthouse.com. Win a book. Be back in three minutes with Colonel Mike Ford on the other side. Attention, freedom-loving patriots. Are you ready to dive deep into the principles that founded our great nation? Join me, Peter Serafine, and the Institute on the Constitution as we light the way to a brighter future with the Liberty Lighthouse Classroom. At liberty-lighthouse.com slash classroom, you'll find a treasure trove of online courses on the U.S. Constitution, carefully crafted to empower you with knowledge to defend your rights and liberty, whether you're a student, a history enthusiast, or just a concerned citizen. These courses are for you. Gain a comprehensive understanding of our Constitution's principles, the wisdom of our Founding Fathers, and how to apply them in today's world. As a special offer to our freedom-loving listeners of Republic Broadcasting Network, use coupon code RBN at checkout and get 20% discount on any course. Join the Liberty Lighthouse Classroom and be a part of the movement to uphold the values that have made our nation exceptional. Unleash the power of knowledge and protect what truly matters, our Constitution. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com classroom today. Don't miss this incredible opportunity. Use code RBN for 20% off. Together, we'll be the beacon of freedom our founding generation envisioned. Liberty Lighthouse Classroom. Illuminating minds, empowering patriots. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in Hey, welcome back. I hope that commercial break wasn't too long for you. I know you missed me. No, you didn't. Nobody misses me. I question whether or not my wife misses me. Anyway, I'm Peter Serafine. I'm your host for this evening here on National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network or Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and every place else you hear or see the show. I want you to re- remember that free speech is not free, and I need you to support this free speech network, whatever network you're listening from. Support this network, share out links, tell people that you're you're watching or listening, whatever you're watching or listening to. And I promised you a guest on the other side of the the break, and, well, I try not to lie to you very often. We've got Colonel Mike Ford, a managing editor of American Free News Network. Attend hut! Welcome back in studio, retired Colonel Mike Ford, managing editor of American Free News Network. Welcome to the show, sir. All right, I'm awake. I'm, I'm definitely awake. Reveille there, and I'm, and I'm awake. 
Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna point out to you something real quick. Yeah, one yeah. of your uh, one of your listeners on on the comments said, Peter, I started listening to Republic Broadcasting Network just because of you. I saw that. I just saw that. That's, yeah, that's Sarah. That's pretty good. You're doing it right, pal. It's that Sarah in Oregon. She was listening to me back when I was on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Was the only place you could find me. That in podcast form. And when I, when I picked up this here spot on on uh, Republic Broadcasting Network, she was kind enough to follow over and started listening to the show. And she's a a regular caller and. And, well, she constantly, if you look up a couple of messages in the chat there, you'll see that she also shared out on on Facebook, Twitter, Thread, TLB Talk, True Social, and Getter shared out the show. Well, obviously, she's a lady of some distinction, so that's good. Well, I don't know. She likes me, so, I mean, what kind of of taste can she really have? Well, yeah, there may be a judgment issue there, but, you know, (laughs) we won't go there. (laughs) Well, Colonel, what's going on over there at American Free News Network lately? Well, we've got all kinds of things going on. We're bringing more people on board. Um, We are well north of uh, 80-sometime authors right now. Uh, That's somebody that uh, I call a sometime author, somebody that has put at least least three articles in within the last few months. So we're we're doing qualified there. Yeah, we're doing pretty well. Um, I was interested uh, to come on today because... I'm, I'm very, very concerned. And you, your your last uh, caller there just kind of tied into what I wanted to kind of talk about, and that's the, the rule of law. <laughs> Some time ago, I got to thinking about why companies would want to base in America, even though they pay a little bit more for regulation and pay a little bit more for taxes, and they have, you know, a few more restrictions. And I came up to what I call the America premium. If you go to a place like China, the first thing they do is, uh, you know, they'll let you operate there for a while. But then the first thing they do is uh, rip off your uh, intellectual property and steal your copyrights and your uh, and your trademarks and uh, and, and other uh, intellectual property. All right, Colonel, I got to I got to I got to ask you to stop and and, and check out this comment that just came through. It is the perfect solution to uh, both the border crisis and the Ukrainian problem. Take the 25 million illegal immigrants or 30 million or 50 million or how many of them are in this country. Load them up and send them to Ukraine. Poof. Two problems solved. One one answer. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would do the job. No, no question about it. Uh, getting back to my... Uh, my point, companies are willing to pay a certain amount for the rule of law. If they, they operate in a, in, a, in, a, in a hole like, uh, uh, and no adverb prior to the hole or the active, um, place like Venezuela or Cuba, any time you know, the government changes hands, somebody can come in and take, take what you've built. And that doesn't happen very often here in America. So, so companies are willing to pay for that rule of law. And, when, and I call that the America premium. The problem is, is the rule of law has has gone sideways. I uh, watched uh, our attorney general say on TV today, and, and, I, and I got viscerally angry that we don't have a double standard. We don't treat one person different than another person. We don't treat them different because of party. We don't treat them different because of, of station. We don't treat them different. Because, and that's just patently wrong. This attorney general 
is imprisoning grandmothers mm -hmm. for strolling through the Capitol building, taking selfies with the guards that let them in the door. Yeah. I watched it happen. Okay, yeah. I watched it happen, and and the, the, this is the type of thing that got Mussolini hung from a lamppost. Right, right. We got we got uh, what was it? They they rounded up like three thousand of these January sixth protesters, insurrectionists. They rounded up like three thousand of them in a matter of a couple of months, locked them all up. Many of them for a year or more without even so much as a hearing. Over, then, over and, at worst misdemeanor trespass. Right, right, and then they then they give them like you know Enrique Torres. Tor, that's not it's not Torres. What is it? I know you're talking about the the head of the Proud Boys. Yeah, they gave you know, them, that, that that white supremacy organization led by a Latino. Yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, uh, producer Mike Enrique Torrio. Enrique Torrio, and I can never remember his name. I always want to say Torres. I I know that's probably you know something racist inside me, but Enrique Tario, who got twenty two years or twenty five years, years or something 22 like that, years in prison, basically. and he wasn't he even, even there. there. He it's wasn't crazy. even there. But but on the other side of the political aisle, you've got this uh, Junior Biden fella who has you know all kinds of felonies. That he videotaped himself doing. Yeah. And nobody's done anything. And here it is, you know, like five years later, they they finally indicted him on a gun charge. And and the reason they indict him on the gun charge is because that doesn't tie him to his daddy. Uh-huh. Gun charge is just a single. Doesn't you know it has nothing to do with the corruption, money laundering, or any of that other stuff. Let me walk walk with me a second here, because there's some things tying together. Um your last caller there. First of all, it starts with language. They are not immigrants of any kind. Mm -hmm. okay? They are illegal aliens, and that is mm -hmm. the proper diplomatic and immigration term, mm -hmm. alien. They don't belong here, and if they are adults, they are criminals. Mm -hmm. If they are children, if they are brought here as children, okay, then they're innocent victims. The minute they turn 18 and don't leave, they are now criminals. Okay, let's let's get that right. And, and I don't know about that part though, because if you're let's say let's say you're two, and mommy and daddy bring you here, and this is the only place you've ever known. Doesn't matter it's, if you know if you know you were brought here. Now, if you don't know, that's a different story. You can't be charged. You know the mens rea thing. If you don't have the criminal intent, you shouldn't be charged. But if it's the only thing you, they've ever known, I'm sorry. Case by case, maybe, but. We, we always seem to look at those very, very minuscule things and then try to make policy on, on the basis of those. Absolutely agreed, yeah. Here, here's here, here's the, the, the thing we run into on that. You don't get to claim compassion points when you write checks out of my checkbook. Mm -hmm. Okay, If you want to claim uh, compassion points, Pete, you write your check. But yep. you, don't, you don't force me to write a check, and when I, when I push back on it, call me non-compassionate. OK, I'm compassionate. I'll, I'll get out. But just don't put a gun to my head to do it. Right. And I don't put a gun to another taxpayer's head. But going going back on this, when we look at all this rule of law. What do we tell the people? Who have waited in line mm -hmm. to get their citizenship or, or I'm sorry to get the right to come here on an immigrant visa? Biden has just turned around and is giving 
is giving employment cards, green cards, to some of these folks. Yeah. Okay. So they have the right now to work in the United States. Now, what does that do? Well, if you increase the supply of labor, what does that do to the price of labor? It goes down. Duh. There you go. Okay. So basically, Joe Biden, by writing that that executive order to go ahead and allow these folks to have work visas, he's basically increasing the labor supply, which is going to go ahead and drop the price of that labor. But again, he's writing, it's an unconstitutional executive order. Congress makes the the rules, the, the Congress passes the laws about naturalization. They get to decide who gets a green card and who doesn't, not the president. That's correct. The rule of law. And that's what's, it's going on, it, the, the, the absence of the rule of law is just, it's, it, is, it's expanding. It's, it's terrible. It's with immigration. It's with the military right now. We have a secretary of defense who is with malice and forethought, and he's being backed up by a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff who is willfully violating the law against federal funding of abortions. Mm-hmm. He is saying that he will allow female soldiers to go TDY to a state that allows allows abortion past a certain time, and he will pay their TDY costs, and he will pay their travel and all that other stuff. That's federal funding. That is illegal, and he's doing it. And then they wonder why our great senator from the great state of Alabama, Tommy Tuber- Tuberville, is holding up uh, uh, officer appointments. Yeah. And, and I, what what a lot of people aren't getting about that is that Tuberville isn't saying, no, we, we can't do this. Tuberville is saying, no, we're going to do them one at a time. Yes. We're, we're going to review each individual person. And instead of saying, hey, we're going to vote on this whole list of people all at once. And for general officers, maybe they ought to interview them one at a time. They should. You know, flag off at least at least the three star and above level, you know, below that. eh, maybe. Okay, but the three star and above level, every one of them ought to have to sit in front of the Armed Services Committee and answer questions. Absolutely. What makes you qualified to be a core commander? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely happy with that. And it, it turns out, you know, uh, Senator Tuberville has a lot more juice than uh, than uh, Senator Schumer because Schumer backed down on that. And now they're doing them one at a time. So I just I, I, well, I would rather have them go the hard road on that, though, and actually have to sit in front of a committee. Each each general officer uh, appointee ought to have to sit in front of the Armed Services Committee and answer questions. I agree. It's like a job interview. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if those guys are going to lead me and they're going to lead my soldiers, then they need to have their stuff together. I mean, you know, maybe if we did that more often, we wouldn't end up with, uh, you know, Find four-star generals that want to understand white rage. And we wouldn't understand with a female just being promoted to one star at her ceremony, at her promotion ceremony. I watched this happen. She was being promoted to one star. They pinned her star on, and she gets to make a few remarks. She's doing this in front of her unit commander and the chief of the Army Reserve, and she admits to an integrity violation where she got the uh, the course director of Command and General Staff College to give her four attempts to get a single question right on a on a, on a on a final exam so she could get promoted. <laughs> and she admitted to that integrity violation in front of until three three flag officers until that point. I had met, you know, one or two uh, flag officers that I didn't really care for and a couple that I thought 
were were borderline venal, but I had never met a stupid one until that. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, I had met my first stupid flag officer. Oh, man. All right. This is a a good point. I want to remind everybody, I'm going to say this a whole bunch of times for the next couple hours. I am giving away three books, one copy of each of the three of my three books toward the end of the show. And in order to get your name in the hat to win one of those three books, go to liberty-lighthouse.com, click the win a book button, put in your your info there, and uh, toward the end of this show, so a little before 8 o'clock Eastern time, we're going to pick names, and I'll be putting three books in the mail. So liberty-lighthouse.com, click the win a book feature. I think we're up to a big whopping 10 people in that list so far. So your, your odds are pretty good if you're a gambling type. <laughs> um, news break headline that literally just came up on my phone. Uh, confused Biden walks into the flag, then appears ang- uh, appears anger, uh, appears to anger Brazilian president with handshake snub at the U.N., yeah, did you see that? I, I saw that. It looked like it wasn't that he was snubbing anybody. He was just addled and confused, and he basically walked off the stage. You know, generally, generally when you're having a joint press conference, you know, you look over at your counterpart, you grip and grin a little bit, and then at the end of it, you shake hands and, you know, do what you're going to do. Most times, you actually walk up to a podium together, and, and the president gives his guest the time to speak first, and the president you know, chit chats a little bit or, or whatever, or vice versa. But here he just kind of wandered off in a daze. I don't think there was any deliberate snub, but I tell you right now, if I was that, uh, if that, I was that country's uh, president, I'd, I'd, like, who am I dealing with here? And can I trust this guy? And, 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 and I'm not talking about the integrity part. Can I trust him to remember the deal that we just shook on? <laughs> can you trust him to remember if it's Thursday or is one of the, one of the show hosts on one of the other shows is uh, he, you know, Biden doesn't know if it's Tuesday or chocolate. Well, yeah. <laughs> and vacuum cleaners too. Yeah. Yeah. He just, I don't understand. I honestly don't understand how they suckered enough people into voting for this guy. He was, was, and always has been a puppet for his party. Well, that, and everybody knows that his been party. Very bright. Yeah. But the the other part of this is how many people really pay attention to this stuff. My, I believe that nobody really starts paying t- attention to the presidential election until about six months out. He's always been for the last fifty years. Yeah, he has been a puppet for the Democrat Party. Sure. So what do you what did anybody think was going to happen when the Democrat Party jumped off the crazy cliff, and then they put put the party puppet up for president? Of course, he's going to jump off the crazy cliff with them. That's what well, he's always done. Sure. And and it's the same thing with the uh, senator from Pennsylvania, Fetterman. Okay. You know, people like to think a senator, a, a senator is going to be considering things and, you know, thinking about stuff. Well, the, the, the Democrats look at their uh, at their senators. No, it's a vote, period. As long as somebody can whisper in his ear, vote yay or nay, that's all they care about. The only ones that actually do any thinking and maneuvering are those that are running the committees and, and, and of course, the party leaders or the, whether they're the, uh, you know, the president of the Senate or the minor, minority leader. And did you see that they changed the dress code because of Fetterman? Yeah. Think about that. Think about that. 
you know, folks say that's a minor thing. This is the Senate of the United States. Mm-hmm. 100 people. And you can't, you know, you're one of 100 people. It's a great honor to serve there. It's not a right. Mm-hmm. It's an honor. And, and this guy walks in there in a hoodie and shorts to preside over the Senate. Yeah. He's sitting in. He's sitting in. He's effectively, rep, when he sits in that chair, he's effectively representing the vice president of the United States. Because right. the vice president of the United States shall be the president of the Senate. Right. And he's representing her, and he can't even dress for the part. I don't understand why anybody would agree to change the dress code over one slob. I mean, if you want to loosen the dress code, if you want to say, you know, you don't have to have a tie, I'd be okay with that. But jacket required. You need to have a jacket. I wouldn't I wouldn't be okay with that. I think, you you know, for the Senate, you need to dress the part. Do you do you want your your uh, thoracic surgeon to come in there on your first office call with him to be dressed in a. You know, in, in, in jams, a polka dot shirt and a striped tie and a, and a and a set of Mickey Mouse ears. No. Did you say jams? How old are you? I did. <laughs> I, 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 I prefer not to say how old I am. I don't say years old. I say that this December I will be fully qualified at level 65. It sounds like more of an achievement then, you know, as opposed yeah. to 65 years old. Well, you're, yeah, old enough to, you're old enough to remember what jams were. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old enough to have worn them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. You young folks out there that don't know what they are, you know, do a little Google search and see what no, jams don't make them. Don't make them do that. Don't make them. They, they, they will never be able to unsee that. <laughs> I remember one particular pair I had that were green. And they I don't remember the design that was on them. But there were black polka dots, and they were green, and there was something else on them. But they kind of looked like watermelon rinds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, side story here. When I was going to a, a particular uh, Army staff course at one time, it was called uh, Cast Cubed. It was uh, Commander's uh, Staff Officer's Orientation Court or whatever. Anyway, it was basically, they called it the Staff Officer's Ranger School because you spent lots of hours putting together projects and briefings and all that. But one of the things they did to do team building is each staff group had a volleyball team. Well, our team decided that we were going to have the most obnoxious uniform possible. (laughs) So each of us went out and bought our own pair of jams that we liked. And then we had a friend, one of the guys on the team was stationed in Hawaii. So he called his wife. He got everybody's shirt sizes and brought a bunch back, a bunch of Hawaiian shirts that absolutely contrasted with the jams. (laughs) And then, of course, each of us wore some certain headgear that we wanted to wear. And mine was, you know, an Army patrol cap. But, I mean, we were the most obnoxious volleyball team to ever take the court. So, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Well, I have um, a volleyball story that involves Tijuana, and I'm not sure that it's uh, radio appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, all of you out there in in, uh, radio land, uh, it is a live call-in show. We are talking to retired Colonel Mike Ford, managing editor of American Free News Network. You can call into the show 512-248-8252. And if you would prefer to send me a message but don't want to be on there, you can text 64 My Rights. That's 646-974-4487. And thank you to Dean for filling out the form, entering in a chance to win one of the three books that we're giving away later tonight. Colonel Ford, tell me about a story on American Free News Network that you 
particularly caught your eye? Well, it's a story that um, is probably going to go up tomorrow or the next day. And it's about our flag officer corps and how they have gone just totally off the reservation. Let me see if I can pull up. Let me see if I can pull up the title yet. I'm still fooling with the title on this rascal. Uh, Did you um, recently see that Howard Stern like proudly embraced the label of being woke? Yeah, I saw that. That's ridiculous. Howard Stern, the shock jock, the guy who made his millions thumbing his nose at society. And now he's a woke liberal. I don't whatever. get that. I really don't. It's because that's who he, he got rich and he started hanging out with the woke, woke liberals. So he became one of them. You know, maybe that's it. I just, you know, a lot of times what you can do is follow the money. Now, that doesn't that doesn't obtain with somebody like Oprah Winfrey, who has a gazillion dollars so she can do what she wants absent the money. Um, she, has, she has the FU money. Yes, exactly. Yes, that Fox uniform. That's correct. Um, but uh, but at a certain level, it's all about follow the money. And, and you can usually fi- figure that out. Howard Stern has figured out he can probably get some money by 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 tapping into that. And if you look at it, uh, something just popped up today that I, that I was looking at. Uh, the Clintons are at it again. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they sucked down some grift from Haiti, and, and she showed up on the runway down there, by the way. And when the cameras were not present, okay, and one of my friends was actually there. I got down there a couple of days later, but he was there. He was standing there to brief. He was a, a, another colonel like me. He was there to, to brief her on what we were doing. And when there were no cameras present, she said, well, I don't want to talk to you. We're going to go ahead and head over to Dom Rep where the, where, where the digs are nicer, and we'll come back later. So, uh Yeah. But anyway, yeah. they, we, she, we can talk about the uh, the new Clinton grift that's going to be going on here or, or that has begun in just a second. Let's let Sarah in Oregon in on the show. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Hi. We show the show out. Be supportive. If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> and also, be, be kind and rewind. Bye, ladies, babies, and in-betweens. Bye. Peace. Thank you very much, Sarah. Love that. If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter. I can't hear you, Mike. I think you, I think you, you muted yourself. Be kind, rewind, men in black, too. Great play. <laughs> um, all right. So the, the new we, – we've got uh, – Four or five minutes before the next commercial break. So the the new Clinton Haiti esque grift that's going on. For those that may or may not remember, the Clinton Foundation, as in Hillary Clinton, they collected millions of dollars to go down and rebuild Haiti after uh, was it a hurricane or earthquake? I forget. Earthquake. Earthquake. After the earthquake, they were supposed to go down there and rebuild Haiti. They collected millions and millions of dollars to do it. I was and there. I think, they didn't do squat. I think they built like three houses, it, 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 three shacks. <laughs> and of course, they siphoned off all the money as you know operating expenses and 
and salaries for executives and and all this other kind of stuff. Millions of dollars that was donated. Well, now it just so happens that the Clinton Foundation has decided that they're going to rebuild Ukraine. And can I can I give the can I give the class a little t- tutorial on this real quick? Absolutely, you got. F- three to four minutes before break. So if you can fit it in three or four minutes, go for it. I can do that. It's not just about money going directly in their pockets, because if, if they get money directly in their pockets, what do they got to do? Claim they it. Pay, well, they got to claim it and pay taxes on it. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that they can do is enhance their lifestyle with that money without paying taxes on it. And right. one of the things that they can do is campaign on it without mm-hmm. being declared candidates and therefore coming to the attention of the Federal Election Commission. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they form a foundation like this, and all these Arab sheikhs and all these other people put money into it. And uh, her steatopegiousness, everybody should look up that word steatopegia. It's a great word. You should use it early and often when, when applied to Hillary Clinton. Her steatopigiousness decides to fly around somewhere. She's going to fly on a private jet paid with donor money of the Clinton Mm -hmm. Foundation. And she's going to do all these things and live a very high lifestyle, but will not have to pay one dime of income tax on it. And she's going to do the same thing with Ukraine. They're going to fly back and forth. She's going to get on TV and do all these things. People are going to donate money. Clinton Foundation is going to put all, you know, maybe... For every dollar that hits the ground and actually does something in Ukraine, there's going to be probably twenty to twenty to one hundred dollars that are going to operating fund, um, operating expenses, which Operate. is the private jet, the nice hotels, the suites, the masseuses, the uh, the uh, the ladies that come in there to be with her at night to hold her or whatever she's going to do. Over bill. So, yep. Um, yeah. That that's that's a big part of the grift yeah. of, of nonprofit organizations yeah. is direct money into your hands. You know, that's what you and I got, you know, we get money directly from whoever's paying us to us, but at that level, they, they're much more sophisticated. Yeah. Sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, shady is, is a better word there. Yeah. They're... Well, there's some other ones, but this is, you know, probably a family friendly uh, show. So I'm going to be, I'm gonna... we, we try to be family friendly. Ish. Anyway, we're talking with Colonel retired Colonel Mike Ford, managing editor of American Freeze News Network. It is break time. We're going to be back in three minutes. Colonel's going to stick around. We've got him for one more segment. Get your get your dialing fingers ready. Call in, ask him some questions. Be back in three minutes, my friends. I've been sleeping on a my pillow pillow for years. And a couple of years ago, I tried the my pillow towels, soft and absorbent, wonderful bath towels. Recently, I got the my Giza Dream sheets, and they are by far the best quality bed sheets I've ever owned. And while the quilt is pretty awesome too, new products being added all the time at mypillow.com, including sandals and slides and pajamas and well, everything that you need for sleeping. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com to save yourself up to 66% off. That's the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com. 
Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat America back. Main Street to Wall Street, cities and states. Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse, and Mojo Five O Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and everywhere else you find the show. I've got retired Colonel Mike Ford, managing editor of American Free News Network, with us. But before we move on, I want to tell everybody you got about thirty minutes left to enter the drawing to win a copy of one of my three books. They're going to be—I'm going to be drawing to give them away, one of each here in the next uh, half hour, forty-five minutes. You. Enter the drawing at liberty-lighthouse.com and click on the win book button right at the top of the homepage there, liberty-lighthouse.com. Get your name in the hat within the next 45 minutes, and uh, you got a pretty good chance of winning a book. And we're going to do this again next week, too. So if you're listening on, say, Mojo 5 Radio, and you're listening on Saturday, and you're thinking, dang it, I missed it, well, you still go in there, put your name in the hat. I'm going to do it again next week, too. All right, Colonel Ford. Tell I'm me here. Tell me why the people out there listening should be going to AFNN.us every day. Well, because we are a citizen driven network. Um, some time ago, a bunch of uh, retired military folks, some folks out of the intel community, and some folks out of business got tired of being censored by Facebook and Twitter and, 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 and the other Hitler youth and formed a company called American Free News Network. Um, and the board of directors, in the most singular case of just bad judgment I've ever seen in my life, made me the CEO and managing editor. Um, I, I don't know what they were thinking. Well, you've got two titles. Well, yeah, yeah, ooh, and and my, you've seen my corner office, so you know what that looks like. Uh, I don't know if you're the CEO and the managing editor, you must be just breaking in some cash. I am. Well, the CEO makes one piece, and then the managing editor makes another piece, and together, you know, they both make the same thing. And when you double that, you get the same thing because I make zero for one, zero for the other, times two is zero. Okay, Um, everybody on the everybody on the site is a volunteer. 
Actually, I think they have to pay me like a dollar a year to be the CEO as an employee or whatever. There's some rules or whatever. But um, so no, the only people that are getting paid on the site are the uh, the psychopath that we hired down in South Florida that runs the back end and the ones and zeros that make the website actually work and some folks that actually help us pr- produce or I'm sorry promote the articles that we do. But all the writers are volunteers. I'm I'm essentially a volunteer and uh, my deputy editor is a volunteer. Um, the reason you should go to AFNN is because AFNN.us uh, is because. We're not being we're not throttled. We are not a censor platform. What we are is an organization that teaches civics, whether it's from the Sam Adams end of talking about what's going on day to day and why it's wrong to the John Adams end where we're talking about the, the, the principles that undergird the Constitution and enable you to hold a conversation with your idiot sister in law over Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. Um, and we are always looking for citizen writers. So you can you can hit me at uh, at uh, managing editor at AFNN.us, managing editor at AFNN.us. Send me a note. We would love to publish whatever you want to write. We're all about the citizen writer. It's a matter of getting citizens to have their voices heard as opposed to the pundits that you see on the TV that are telling telling you stuff that just ain't true. And you're uh... Your standards for writers must not be very high because you've published several of my articles. So. Actually, you're one of our better writers. You actually do pretty well. I, I, got, yeah. I got to admit. I hate to admit it but because, you know, I don't really like you that much. But, you know, you do a really good job when you write. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I want to talk about that uh, that thing you're drinking there. You got yourself a, a, a drink smoker. I do. That's I do. Cool. Let me tell you what I just got back from. Um this last weekend, I went up to uh, Kentucky to the Kentucky Bur- Bourbon Festival. Um, um, you should know this because you're one of our fellow travelers, but uh, American Free News Network has a number of folks we consider fellow travelers. No money changes hands. We don't do any of that. It's just people that we, we believe espouse our values. So your show and, and, and your writings espouse our values. Well, some other folks that espouse our values are the David Webb Show, who's on uh, Sirius XM 125 uh, every day from 9 to noon Central, um, I'm sorry, 9 to noon Eastern Time. Uh, And another um, group is Deployment Cigars, who sell cigars for profit, and then they take the profits and give a chunk of them to uh, charities that involve military and first responders. So we went up to the Kentucky Bourbon Festival and I hate to admit this, and I hope there's not a whole lot of witnesses here. Um, for the whole weekend, I didn't drink a drop. But we were busy selling cigars and talking to David Webb and just talking about Americanism and a whole bunch of things. And on. one of the things I learned up there was how to do a smoker in your bourbon just to make it taste delicious. Yeah, I've got one. I got one of those for Christmas and Did like you? four different little things of different kinds of wood chips. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Isn't it great? Um, but wait a minute. You were in Bourbon County, Kentucky for I multiple was. days. I was. And did not. Gornish. Zero. Zebla. Zip. None. Wow. That's some willpower. It was. It was terrible. That's why I'm trying to make up for it now. But let me go over and get my bottle. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, during the break, 
the colonel ran off camera to get himself a little bit more bourbon and i and he came back and i noticed that for one he's using whiskey stones in his glass so uh, not ice you know, frozen little frozen rocks to keep his whiskey cold and then he put a smoker on top of it and i'm like oh that's awesome i i have my uh, my whiskey smoker i haven't used it in quite a while now that i think about it i have to dig it back out you should you should and you know, when you go to buy wood chips for your, your smoker that you're going to smoke your brisket or whatever, you can pick up all the, the chips that you need and, and carve your own as opposed to paying $20 for a little tin about this big. <laughs> yeah. You can go make your own for about two. You know. Well, most of my family apparently, uh, well, they, they know me. And this last Christmas season, my, my uh, 30-year-old daughter bought me a rocks glass that has a a indentation in the side of the rocks glass so i can hold my whiskey and my cigar in one hand without crushing my cigar my we were were actually selling those at the uh at the uh kentucky bourbon festival my beautiful wife got me a uh one of them there drink smokers with uh with four of those little tins of four different kinds of wood to smoke with it you should marry her again (laughs) let's see what else um uh, most of um, some of the some of my customers on my my mail route gave me cigars. Um, my best friend at work gave me a couple of really nice cigars, like nicer ones that I would buy for myself. So everybody who really knows me either really likes me or wants me to die a slow, painful death from cancer and alcoholism. One of the two. That's all right. I can think of worse ways to die. <laughs> <clears throat> Now, you know, we were talking about, you know, uh, American Free News Network and articles there, and I'm trying to think. I think I'm up. I think I have – I'm hoping. I I think I have a uh, an article that's going to post tomorrow. If not, then I have fallen behind. But I'm trying to check that all – too many things at once. La, 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 la. All right. Well, I have one coming up tomorrow, and it will post it uh, – Nine o'clock Eastern time, the continuing politicization of military officers. Now, it's a redux with a little addendum on the front talking about uh, Austin and Millie. But, you know, one of the things that has gained the respect of the American public for the military, especially post-Vietnam, where it was not there, is that the military was going to follow the Constitution, wasn't going to be political, and was going to get the job done. And we started gaining some of that respect with Grenada. That was kind of like preseason. And then we went and did some other things, and that worked out. And then we went to Desert Storm, and that was kind of like the Super Bowl. And the military got its respect back. And when we went to Iraq, you know, we did what we needed to do. When we went to Afghanistan, we did what we needed to do as a military. It wasn't until the Bushies and their nation building, and then of course Obama, and then of course, um, of course Biden, you know, kind of tore everything apart. Um, our our military is 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 in a bad way right now. It's been been decades of war. I mean, I went decades and decades and decades. My team crossed the berm from Kuwait into Iraq over twenty years ago. Yeah. Okay, our military has yet to recover from all the things that we had to do there. And then 
our political leaders are making it even worse because we are focusing on things like, well, you know, I woke up this morning and I don't think I'm a guy, even though I have the equipment for a guy, I think I'm a girl. Well, how is that going to win a war with China who I'm telling you, when they when they fight wars, they don't care about human life. Their no. own even. That's okay? what a war my, is. My father was there in Korea and watched, watched bodies stacked up like cordwood. They don't care. We keep judging our adversaries on our metrics. Okay, We care about human life. We care enough that we want to let people li- let live this, that, and the other. The Chinese don't care about that. They don't care about your pronouns. They will kill you D-E-D dead, which is seriously mm-hmm. killed. Hey, like I said in my first book, I didn't. When I was serving, I didn't care if the guy next to me thought he was a transgendered purple aardvark, as long as he did his job and had my back. I don't really care, but that doesn't mean that the military should be catering to them either. Yeah, and 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 most folks in the military believe that as long as as long as there's some ambiguity. If there, if a guy is, a, if somebody is a declared homosexual, we don't want them showering with us. If there's ambiguity there, then it, it, it's okay. But once the ambiguity is gone, then you run into some some severe problems. Basically, Democrat policies have created 27 additional sexes, and you can, <laughs> and as a commander, you can't manage that when you're trying to you're trying to manage housing. Uh, uh, you know, you you can't manage it. No, it, it, there, there's two. I, I, you can say whatever you want. There's two, and and even if you want to say, okay, there are 27 other genders. No, um, wait a bathrooms, bathrooms, and housing, and everything else is done by sex, not gender. So that's right. Gender is a social thing, right? And it has to do with mostly with language studies. There are two biological sexes. There's male and female. Anything, any ambiguity is an aberration. When we start, when we use the term gender, we're, what we're doing is assisting the leftists. Never, ever use gender except in scare quotes and, 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 to, and to poke them in the chest. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. I mean, it, it, it's, it's the people that are, that are, you know, promoting the, I don't, don't want to use, I don't know how else to say it, but those that are promoting the transgendered agenda that that are the ones who said that gender is a social construct and gender and sex are two different things. They are. Okay. So if gender and sex are two different things, you know, when I fill out a job application, it says sex. It doesn't say gender. Your driver's license, it says sex, not gender. Yes. Your birth certificate says sex, not gender. If you gender wake up in the matter. morning, if you gender wake up shouldn't in the morning, matter for anything. That's right. If you wake up in the morning and believe that your biological sex is different than your chromosomes, DNA, and OEM indicate, there's something wrong with you. It's that simple. That's not bigoted. That's called science. OEM. <laughs> well, that's that's the best way I can put it. You know. Right. Um. We've got we've got somebody in the uh, the chat room over here that's being a little argue, argumentative with us. Says that we're being bigots, and uh, imagine serving in the armed forces and being this fragile. Well, we both served in the armed forces, 
And uh, there's nothing fragile about it. It's facts. It's biology. It's 6,000 years of human biology versus the last, what, 30 years of, of gender fluid psychotherapy nonsense. Sex is sex. Gender is gender, according to you. So what's the... Gender is used in language studies. My, my uh, Her Majesty Queen Teresa is a, uh, you know, started out as a Spanish teacher and then ended up as a high school principal. Gender studies are, you know, gen, you know, Spanish language has three genders, male, female, and neuter. Okay. But that's not biology. The human species has two sexes, male mm-hmm. and female. Anything other than that is an aberration. It's just that simple. It's called science. <laughs> yeah. It's. I just again use the, their own terminology. They're yeah. the ones who say that gender and sex are different. Yeah. So just use sex. It's. It's not. It's not women's sports. It's female sports. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Hey, we got Reb in Colorado on line one. Welcome to the show, Reb. Reb. Well, maybe we don't have Reb in Colorado. Anyway. Uh, I, I, I managed to look up. I have an article posting on my own site here uh, tomorrow, as as usual, Friday, 6 a.m. I don't remember if I have submitted it to you yet. Well, send it. I need more good stuff from you. All right. Well, this the one that's going up, um, the, one, the one that I have going up tomorrow, I just accidentally closed it out and I can't read the title of it, but it's something to the effect of our, our founders' fears, how our government has turned into exactly what our founding fathers were afraid of. Well, yeah. And that doesn't surprise me a bit, given given how how people try to look at things now, and they try to... There's a... Somebody told me one time, I forget who it was, it was somebody smarter than I am, which isn't a very high bar. Um, <laughs> it says... If you're having to explain it for an hour, you're probably doing it wrong, you know, <laughs> because mo- mo- most simple truths are just that simple. Water is wet. What is it? Uh, what does what, what Bruce Willis said in The Last Boy Scout? Um, water is wet and women have secrets or whatever. You know, si- you know simple truisms. I, I don't remember that one. But anyway, um, I. I want everybody to to check out the Liberty Lighthouse classroom. I haven't gotten a whole lot of work done on it lately, but there's about 18 hours worth of courses from Institute on the Constitution there that I have managed to put together. Um, Liberty Lighthouse classroom is what it's called. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash classroom. There are two full courses and a third one that I'm in the process of working on. So right now there's about 18 hours worth of courses that you can take there. And uh, one of them is free to a pastor. So if you're a pastor and you want to take take one of the courses for free, just contact me, hit the chat button right there on the website. I'll give you a special code to get you into the course for free. And uh, yeah, Liberty Lighthouse Classroom. This is actually my passion is teaching. I would love to find a way to quit the, you know, quit the radio, quit the weekly article, you know, book writing or the book writing and, and the article writing and, and, and do teaching. I'd love to find a way to just teach the constitution and make enough money to live on, but I don't have a big enough name. 
I, I don't have a giant following. You I don't have a big enough name yet. Yet. Well, yet. I've been doing this show for like five years, and I've still got the same two dozen people that listen to me. <laughs> anyway, it looks like our caller, Reb, is back on online. Reb, are you there? Yeah, I was here before. I guess we lost the audio for U.S. Pentagon First Team Bubba Scout Reb. Remember, your your fate depends on you. Seven zero three six nine seven nine one two one. Well, call in because we're bored. We want to win a war, and America's at war. Have you got a problem with the war America's fighting, or are you not sure we're at war? I don't know. Either you have a problem that we're fighting war in America, or you don't know we're having a war in America. Which well, is, it's not. A, uh, it hasn't turned into a kinetic war yet. Wait, yeah. wait, hold on. How do you know that? It is a kinetic war. People are getting murdered every day. That's what we found out. Turned over to the Defense Intelligence Agency, and they don't do favors for anybody. They took it to Jag and the Joint Chiefs because we got evidence. Just because you don't hear about the murders going on, they're telling generals are telling us, "Gee." More people are dying every year than they died in World War II from this fentanyl. What did you think oh, that yeah. was? That's a murder. That's killing people. They do it with this dope. Oh, you didn't see the bomb drop, so you didn't know that was they're killing. They have millions of ways to I exaggerate. I'll give you that one. Fentanyl is killing uh, rough, roughly 100,000 people a year. That's, that is more people than, you know, all of Vietnam and more what people. What about the virus needles? Oh, you forgot about them already. Nobody forgot about any coming. of this stuff. Reb, settle down, my friend. Nobody forgot about it. Just because some some group of idiots is, is pushing something that happens to kill people, that's been going on forever. You know, well, that's vaccines why we're at war. One more thing. The border's overrun. That doesn't yeah. happen in P-C time. I can't even say the word. You don't have overrun borders when there's no instability. Okay. I mean, so what are we doing? Totally what, what, what's your suggestion? Fight back. <laughs> I don't know. Who's, who thought of that? Let me see. It must have been. Other goes back to the early days of ancient civilization and the Greeks. They said, well, uh, what do we do here? Uh we're going to fight back. And then the arms okay, race started. Define fight back. Define fight back. Because everybody fights, everybody thinks they're fighting. There are people uh, that, you know, like me, that write books and articles and do radio shows, and we think we're fighting for the cause of freedom. Well, hold on, hold on. They had those people back then, too. And yeah. they wrote their little sermons or whatever on the little parchment or chiseled them in a rock. They didn't fight the war. They had... People with spears, and then the latest, it threw, they tied yeah, up. Yeah, but if it wasn't for those people. They had, a launch, they had a war program, and they had a development program, and they had an arms race. They really were fighting, marching around, killing each other with swords. We're still at that level, and you don't understand it. What you're doing is what... Authors do what uh, balladeers do, or whatever. Uh -huh. Okay, you know, if it wasn't for people like me 
let's say, during the American Revolution, if it wasn't for the black robe regiments and the people writing the pamphlets and the newspapers and all that other kind of stuff, there never would have been an American Revolution. The Sam Adamses, oh, the John all, Adamses, Thomas Paines, all of them. That's correct. First of all, it was, that's not what was fighting the war. You're, you're getting out of, of order. The, no, that's, that's what got the, got the war going. Hey, Rab, it's, it's break time. Colonel, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining me this evening. You go spend some time with your beautiful wife. I'll see you next month. Reb, if you want to stay on the line, you can. We'll be back in three minutes. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you later. Twas the night before Christmas. The kids snuggled asleep in their beds when you heard a loud rumble, like Santa and his sled. So you went downstairs to take a peek, get a look. You were confronted by this creep, a crook. He drew his weapon, but you fired first. And now this creep could take all your worth. Secure your family with Right to Bear Insurance. Plans start at $10.95 a month with civil and criminal defense coverage options up to $2 million. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com slash right to bear to learn more or sign up and start protecting what you have now. Welcome back. It's the final segment of tonight's show. I'm Peter Serafine. This is National Intel Report Live on Republic Broadcasting Network. Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network. There are 11 people that have entered to win a copy of one of my three books. I, uh, I'm going to give you a, a few more minutes to, to fill out the form. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com. Fill out the win a book form. I'm going to give away one copy of each of my three books in just a couple of minutes. And you need to put your name in that hat at liberty-lighthouse.com and uh, click the, the Wit a Book button right at the top of the homepage there. Going back to the phones, we still have Reb who held through the break. Reb, thanks for holding through the break. I still held on. That was nice to me. Uh, let's go back <laughs> to why we're the Pentagon's first team. We did recon. We don't, we're not permitted under regulation. It says, Civilians prohibited direct participation, armed conflict. We can't do that. We sit back in the bunker and watch. We point at the target. We can overlay grid maps with GPS, and that's what we do. We did the recon, and we found out more information that we didn't have to. So now the Pentagon and all these agencies are getting advanced intel they never would have gotten because... Only we can call out radio stations and talk about killing the enemy inside America. Nobody else can, because they're under jurisdiction Justice Department. We're under jurisdiction military, so they can't interfere with us. That's a crime. They're not allowed 911 and their associates. They can't interfere. So we go moving forward and found out in textbooks that's already been written, Soviet Colorado, we call it, it's worse to the white race than North Korea. We'll, we'll, we'll testify to that. They murder and steal and cover up. And the only thing keeping these 911 bastard, low-life traitors, enemies, is, is the U.S. Department of Defense is not following through on the law. 
And that's why you can't sue the Pentagon. We ordered the right parts. They didn't deliver them. But we have to give out 703-697-9121. And you right. keep calling and rattling it. That's, that's what we're doing. But we don't have a choice. We're sitting here, and if we, they show up with troops, Bubba will do the talking. And Bubba reads narrative, summary, overview. And correlates it to operations order before they're done. So you can give them a PowerPoint. They did this in other words. You're absolutely right that, that you know, hundreds of 100,000 people or so a year are dying from fentanyl, which is coming in from China and being allowed in through the southern border by our the guy in the White House. You're right that. That, there's, that there you are these. I half of the story. I'm, I'm trying know. to explain. Everybody I, I know. Reb, I call, hold on. I got my point is, nobody's going to call it a war until the troops are in the street. If I can't walk out with a gun and start shooting people, then nobody's going to call it a war. Okay, okay, they won't call it that. We're, we're ahead of things. But we get the troops here, Bubba talks it over. Like, I didn't know that the Navajo Redskin Reservation in the Four Corners has a business office of the drug cartels until I accidentally got them on the phone. I said, where are you from? She said her name was Terry. We're on the Navajo Reservation, Four Corners, Arizona, which is a couple hundred miles north of the border. And I said, well, well, everyone's drunk here. They have a big problem. And fentanyl and heroin. I said, well, what are you doing? She said, well, the drug cartels have a business office. I said, what? And I said, the Pentagon, I told them, what do you, well, they have their own, like, force there. They have their own patrol. They're like federal agents, but it's on a military reservation. And the Department of War says, well, that's okay. No, it's not. They're allowing this inside America. You didn't know. I didn't. Now, there's pockets inside America that are set up with enemy activity, and we're hearing more and more. Wait a second. I dialed this number. Who are you? Uh, we work with the Chinese communists. I said, well, well, I, what? That's what I was just going to bring up is there's there's like entire battalions of Chinese army in, in Canada, like uh, along the northern border. We've allowed all this stuff to happen. We, we, the people, the John Q. public of the world, have taken our eyes off government, allowed them to do whatever they want. And we're and for, for too long. And, well, this is what happens is they do whatever they want. Reb, I got people starting to call in and pile up behind you, so I'll give you just a couple seconds to make a wrap-up statement, if you could. Call that number. Make us do our job. We're not we're not fact-finders for the damn Pentagon. They're supposed to work for you and us. 703-697-9121. Demand Bubba Scout. Keep talking our name. Because unlike Q, we exist. And I gave out numbers. If Q had given out phone numbers, I would have dialed them. But they didn't because they didn't exist. And they're still talking about Q and the, the 6th of January 2021. Well, who cares? That means nothing. Telling us about what's coming means nothing. Telling us about events of history means nothing. We're at war now. 703-697-9121. Demand Bubba Scalper. For one thing, I won't be on your radio program. We'll be busy. And Bubba will be taking over. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to make phone calls. We're going to make enemies dead. 
That's who we want to do. And All right, the, unless they let us push buttons, we like that. Hey, Bubba got to nuke Seattle yesterday. It's my turn. I want to nuke like uh, Butte, Montana. I'll even pick a smaller target. I don't care. I like to push buttons, too. It's not fair. She's a war hog, and everybody should share the warfare experience, even in the bunker. But we can't be in direct participation armed conflict. To make us do our job, we'll set things straight. We'll get three core. We're in three core country here in Colorado. Fort Hood. Well, it's not Fort Hood anymore. Fort Carson. Maybe they changed Fort Riley's name. But that's three core. And we got gunships and everything. Let the enemy resist. It's okay. Let anyone get in the way. Swell. Everybody gets to be equal in this one. Equally dead if you're in the way, but that's good. Okay. All right, Reb. I'm going to let you go. Otherwise, kiss your, I, you know what. That's enough. Thank you, Reb. <laughs> we got a chat, a Facebook chat and uh, comment that says Reb is hilarious, very funny. Um, yeah. It is what it is. Hey, this is a live call-in show. If you'd like to call in, like Reb from Colorado just did, it's 512-248-8252. And if you'd rather just text me, you can do that at 646-974-4487. That way you don't have to get your voice on the radio. Uh, let's see. Last call. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com. Click the win a book button. And we're going to do some drawings here in just a minute. I got three books, one copy of each of the three books that I've written that I'm going to give away for free to three different people. Liberty-Lighthouse.com. Click the win a book button. Gregory in California or Georgia? Line three. California, unfortunately. California. Although Georgia just is, uh, every place is getting it is uh, dystopically. I'm just old and blind, and I couldn't couldn't read the little chat. I, I couldn't tell if there was a little tail on that C or if my, you know, maybe my monitor's dirty. <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, quiet weapons for silent wars or silent weapons for quiet wars at uh, Expose? I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, it, uh, it's pretty much what's going on right now in relation to what Reb has been trying to expound. And it's been going on for eons, I suppose. But uh, are you familiar, Peter, with uh, Michael Gaddy? Yes. What do you uh, glean from his knowledge? I agree with some of what he says, and I don't agree with others things that he says. It's just like anybody else. You know, I'm my own man. I think for myself. And in some ways we think alike, in other ways we don't. Well, I'm I'm just getting back to the Revolutionary War and his documentations and papers and letters and writings that he's uh, so eloquently has uh, pronounced, and it got me. I well, even before that, I was uh, expounding my two-party systems that I want to. Uh, well, I'm advertising them now. The first one is. Uh, Articles of Confederation Party, because if we had the Articles of Confederation instead of this uh, lawyer-made, uh, Rothschild-inspired Constitution, uh, 
And the Articles of Confederation actually uh, put the king down to his knees to say, okay, enough's enough, let's do this. And then they had this convention with a bunch of lawyers that didn't represent the people at the time sit around in a hot building for 56 days or whatever to uh, iron this moronic thing out, which a bunch of people like Patrick Henry just walked out of in disgust yeah. because it wasn't getting anywhere. So that's got to tell you a lot about what's going on right then and in itself. And then if you look at the Treaty of Versailles or whatever it was that was passed, you know, with King George and the colonies, it's like it gave King George carte blanche. <laughs> we were just subjects again. I mean, it doesn't take a mental genius to figure this out, and I've only got a ninth grade great education man. and so it's 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 so mm, dystopic that <laughs> we've well, been so this is one of the things that i disagree on this is this is where we just you know i think the articles of confederation were good but they were also leaving you know rebellion in the streets of the country states printing money that and and wiping out fake debt with with inflation and there were some problems with the Articles of Confederation. We were almost on the brink of fracturing as a nation at the artic- under the Articles of Confederation. And, oh, by well, the way, most of the people... Also, by the way, you said about the lawyers drawing up the Constitution, most of the people that drafted the Articles were lawyers as well. Yeah. I And yeah. where we are and now is... And where where we are now is we the people have ignored our government for too long. We don't teach the Constitution. We don't. John Q. Public doesn't know the Constitution, and we've allowed the government to do all of this nonsense. Had we stuck to the forty five hundred words of the Constitution, we'd be in a much better place. But we didn't. Well, and they teach us just those fairy tales that they come up with about these uh, so-called founding fathers and how right. uh, and, and they take God out of they were and you know uh, some guy cuts down a cherry tree, another guy comes in and saves everybody from slavery, and then Woodrow Wilson he comes in and just does a magnificent job at uh, <laughs> you know giving us the Federal Reserve, World War One, and of course you right. got good old Rosenbelt to, uh, you know, exasperated the whole deal, gave us, uh, you know, the all the administrative states that we have right now. Yeah, or, absolutely. And, and, and they don't they don't talk that in school. That's just like they don't talk about the, you know, the abridged version of the Constitution that the, that the federal government is actually running under rather than the 4,500 words that, that we were given. They go by this big giant stack of crap bound together f- through Supreme Court nonsense. Well, yeah, hey, it's you a Biden conquer, right? I mean, if yeah. you got your nose in a book uh, looking at all these Supreme Court cases and statutes and all this other minutia, you're, you're not focusing on the real game, the real ball, what's really oh, yeah. going on in your precious moments at this exact time. Well, wait, so you're, you you're often... The, the ni- I think it was the 1930s, and I could be wrong about the year, but Harvard College, Harvard Law School, 
said that they're not going to teach the Constitution anymore. They're going to teach case law. Well, case law is somebody's opinion. You can't, it's, it's like a game of telephone. This judge said this, and then this judge said this, and then this judge said this, and here we are 80 years later, 100 years later, and we don't even know what, nobody's ever gone back to read the Constitution itself to see what it actually says. That's how our entire government operates now. Hey, Gregory, do me a favor. But what it says and what it means are two different things, because law and what we perceive as the verbiage you know, uh, Webster Dictionary is a lot different than Black's Law Dictionary or Ballantyne's 1898 right. Dictionary, right? So we're speaking uh, Babylonia. We're speaking Babel because we don't define every every word that we speak. In order but, for you and me to have a, a real heart-to-heart, down-to-earth conversation, I've got to know exactly your definition of exactly every word that you expound so that we can be on the same playing field. This is something I've been trying to get across to folks, but we don't do anymore because we're all taught different things at different times because of this wonderful 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto, uh, uh-huh. you know, government-controlled school poopy. That's not 10th. That's like 2nd. <laughs> but but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. It's it's what they've. I mean, we've developed all ten planks, and then we've developed the worst parts of the fascist and the worst parts of the uh, communist. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, we're a uh, communitarian, as Lark from Texas Texas would say. The, society. When when it comes to definitions of the time, I personally prefer. Webster's 1828 dictionary because it was written for that purpose. If you've ever if you've ever seen I don't have a printed copy anymore. I need to get another one. But but in the like preface of the Webster's 1828 dictionary, no Webster wrote. He made this dictionary so that we would understand our founding documents in in history. He knew that the meanings of words changed. He wrote that dictionary so that future generations could read the founding documents and know what they meant. That was the purpose of his dictionary. Yeah, but the words that he expounded then have been turned upside down and bent around to mean whatever. Uh, the well, yeah, it's just like the, it's just like well-regulated form. militia. It's you know yeah. what the word regulated doesn't mean what it means today versus what it means then, which is why anytime you're reading the Constitution or the declaration, you need to go to No Webster's 1828 Dictionary to look for the definitions. Regulated at that time meant working regularly, practiced, on schedule. Hey, Gregor. Yeah, yeah good call. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hang on. Your, wait uh, before you go. I need, yeah. I need, I, I would like you to pick three numbers between one and 14. Three, six, nine. Three, six, and nine. So let's see here. That would be Declan O'Shea, Steve Kenyon, and Peter Laub. Those are the three winners of free books for this week. And let's see here. We'll do them in 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 chronological order. We'll give Declan Progress, really, my first book. And then we'll give Steve Kenyon 
my second book, so simple, even a politician can understand. And then Peter Laub is the winner of A More Tyrannical King, the book that just came out last week. Thank you very much for helping Hang me on, pick Peter, those winners. Hold on one minute there. Uh, I don't think a politician can uh, comprehend anything that might be coming out of anybody's mouth because they're so involved in their me, me, Nazi, uh, what can I get out of this deal type of thing. Let me tell you a little bit about that book. So simple, even a politician can understand. Simple ideas for seemingly complex political issues. This book is a collection of about a dozen ideas that have either come from me or from guests of this show. And they are all really simple ideas that would go a long way to fixing really complex problems. One of which is, you know, one bill, one topic which at the time was H.R. 46. Now it's H.R. 91 because it still hasn't passed. One would, what? One what? One, one bill, one topic, meaning any oh, yeah, bill that, that goes to... kind of fun and original, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. That'd be a great uh, idea. Who ever thought of that one, Lord? Uh-huh. In limited terms? I mean, that's what the Articles of Confederation was. We ain't going to serve no more in X, Y, Z, and that's... Get get out of here. Let's get some new ideas. And yeah. uh, well, and, and that's what the, the convention was supposed to be, was just let's just fine-tune the Articles of Confederation and make it uh, work economically. Right. And then they what got they together. Did was they distorted and perverted and uh, corrupted the whole darn thing, and that's why we're in the position that we're in right now. But one of the problems was... You needed a unanimous vote in order to make any change to the Articles of Confederation. Yeah, and you can't, yeah, and you can't get thirteen right. You can't get thirteen people together to uh, to agree on anything. So how are well, you going to fix it? We don't need more laws because when you make laws, you take away freedom. Laws take man-made laws. There's right, but the states were taking state. away the freedom under the Articles of Confederation. The states were taking away the freedom, not the federal government. The states were doing it because there was nothing the federal government could do to stop them. The states were going through and printing so much money that it became worthless, and and the rich people, you know, didn't bother them. But all the poor people, eh, well, look, now I got even less. Well, so it was up to the poor folks to come up with their own currency and screw the rich folks out of whatever kind of tripe that they were. Uh, and how do you do that when the government controls the currency? How do you what? do that when this? How do you do that when the state government controls the currency? Well, the state doesn't That's, have to. Every county can control their own currency, and they can all be uh, freer not, not if, from Not if the state passes a law and says that you can't. That well, was then, what was going on under that, the article. That was the people's fault for letting them do that kind of crap. That's another oh. law that's color of law, not real law. Real mm-hmm. law is objective law, like you were talking about before. Man-made law is a color of law. It, it's it's whatever he makes up whenever he makes it up. And so right. when you deal with those two, one's diametrically opposed to the other. And I don't know, the law you follow is the master you follow. And if you want to follow man-made law, you know, more power to you. I follow natural law, and uh, I stick on that plane, and I try to stay sane, and I don't vote. All right, I gotta let you go, Gregory. I got another caller coming in, and I'm, I'm running right. up to the Happy great. Day. Much love, be well. 
appreciate your call as always. Uh, we got Romeo in Montreal, the first international caller of the night on line five. Welcome to the show, Romeo. Yes, hello, Peter. I I heard the beginning of your program, and I was going to talk about the how to how the elections could be changed. There is. Um, there is a foundation in the United States that recommends that the government uh, give all potential voters a subsidy of $200 to give to their favorite candidate. I think it would be more fair that way, because in one way or the other, in this system, the government reimburses uh, industry or business 75% of what they contribute. So if the government is going to contribute to these very wealthy organizations, they could subsidize the, the people, and it would be a much fairer um, system of the elections. But I, I want to say uh, two other things here, because I was shocked. Uh, you were talking uh, about um, fentanyl coming into the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, you're quite aware, I assume, that during this Iran-Contra uh, situations, uh, crack cocaine was being exchanged for arms for the Contras. Mm-hmm. And, and just, uh, like, just like the poppy plants in Vietnam being run by or, uh, heroin or whatever it was in Vietnam that was being smuggled around by the CIA to help fund stuff. Yeah, it's all... Exactly. Nasty, nasty stuff, yeah. Now, uh, you said something uh, sh- shocking. Uh, I've never heard of this, uh, that China has an army in Canada. I, I've never heard this before. But even if you are correct, and I, I don't know, but I'd like to ask you this country, uh, this question. How many countries in the world have the United States basins on their soil. Too many. I, I don't know the answer to the question, but too many. So in other words, China might have one. Uh, as a matter of fact, the military bases, I think they only have one in the world. The United States, uh, you know, uh, President Putin put it very well. Take a globe, twirl it around, and put your finger on it, and the most likely there's an American base there. Yeah, I agree. And, okay. and, and that's what I, all, all I want to say. Yeah. Uh, and, and my, um, oh, I can't remember. My source for the Chinese people in Canada was, uh, it was a guest on American Uck Radio. Um, Mike Phillip is the, the show host. American Uck is the name of his show. And, the, and I, this I, is the Chinese army, you say? Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were, what is his name? Mike, sorry, Mike Phillip is the is the show host name, but it was a guest to his show, and it was a it was a military guest, a, a colonel or something. I, I don't remember. It's been a while. Um, okay. The show is American Uck. He's a, he's an American living in Canada, and his show is American Uck, like American Canuck. Honest to God, I've never seen any Chinese military personnel. We're the one of the largest cities in Canada. I've never seen anything, anything like I've seen Japanese 
soldiers during the time of Expo 67 in full uniform. But I've never seen Chinese. There were right a here. lot of Chinese people. A lot of immigrants came from China. Um, but I've never uh, a note from my producer here, John Moore, who has a show here on the Republic Broadcasting Network, has been saying that the Chinese army has been in Canada for almost two years. Really, eh? Does he know where in, in Canada? He may have. I, I, I don't know, but he might. Um, but, Romeo, I have to let you go. Thank you very much for your Thank you very much. I, I am about out of time for the evening. I want to thank you all for, uh, for registering to try to win a free book this week, and I will do it again next week. So please keep registering. Hit the win a book button at the top of liberty-lighthouse.com. And I will, uh, we'll, we'll do it again next week. I'll give away one of each book again, live on air on, uh, on, on Thursday, the 28th. If you want to come back and listen then to listen to it live, get it live. In the meantime, while you're at liberty-lighthouse.com, click around, check out the, the article I write every week. It posts on Friday morning. Um, that's on the blog page at liberty-lighthouse.com. Feel free to click around the shop. I've got some pretty cool t-shirts and bumper stickers and stuff like that that you can you, you can buy to support the show, as well as vitamins and things, kinds of fun stuff. I do want to say right to bear insurance, whether we're in, whether we're at war now or whether we're gonna be at war soon. Well, you need you need carry insurance. If you own a firearm, you need carry insurance. Because every time you use a firearm today, somebody's trying to put you in jail. So go to protectwithbear.com and use code Lighthouse, and I'll save you 10% off. And it's only, it starts at $11 a month. So 10% off is like a month free. That's protectwithbear.com. Use code Lighthouse. Everybody needs carry insurance. Hey, it's been great. I got to cut the short, short. God bless America. Protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. Peace. At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and we're honored to work with our affiliates like Liberty Lighthouse to bring you professional laser engraving and customization. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business, and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow Romika Designs and Liberty Lighthouse to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romika Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. All you have to do is simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Visit us on the web at romicadesigns.com and use promo code LIGHTHOUSE during checkout to support Liberty Lighthouse with Peter Serafine. Politics and the two controlling political parties are destroying America. Both parties have spent your tax dollars with reckless abandon. Both parties are more beholden to party leadership than we, the people that they represent. Both parties value power above all else. Neither party respects the limits of the U.S. Constitution. 
The U.S. Constitution made this country great, and it's the U.S. Constitution that is the answer to our political woes. Forget the two ruling political parties and register as a constitutionalist. Support the U.S. Constitution, the just and moral society it creates, and not the two-party system. Join the only national political party that stands for the founding principles of the U.S. Constitution. Learn more, join and support the Constitution Party at constitutionparty.com or your state's Constitution Party website. Hello, I'm political commentator Peter Serrett. I entered the political world by writing a short book titled Progress, Really? Progress, Really? is a short book, One Man's View of Social Progress in His Own Lifetime. A common sense observation designed to make you ask yourself, when does progress stop being progress? Order your copy for less than $10 wherever books are sold or at liberty-lighthouse.com slash books. I'm Peter Seraphine, and So Simple Even a Politician Can Understand is my latest book. It is a book of simple ideas that would go a long way towards fixing some pretty big problems in our government. It is an easy-to-read short book that uses common sense, something seriously lacking in our government. Order your copy for less than $10 wherever books are sold or at liberty-lighthouse.com slash books.